and then do, do you help people like buy property down there and things like that as well yeah also uh we can connect our customers to some uh, real estate ag agencies and these real estate agencies can help the customer to buy some property one of the uh one of the cool thing about Paraguay is that it's cheap country it's one of the cheapest countries in South America so for the same amount of money you can have really good quality of life so um for example it's even maybe two times cheaper than Slovakia uh maybe three times cheaper than the U.S for example depends like which state of course mm -hmm. but um it's it's very cheap country and okay just a example like uh for example it's the country of steaks if you like a if you like like a good steak uh you can buy like a good steak in the restaurant for less than ten dollars for example you can imagine something yeah. like that in slovakia it costs 50 dollars like a really good steak this week on monero talk is sponsored by cake wallet store send receive and exchange your monero and bitcoin safely on ios and android too cake wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in monerotalk.crypto in your monero.com or cake wallet send address field to send us a tip this week on monero talk douglas tuman interviews pavel lovedock cypherpunk and self-described global opportunist the two discuss firing all politicians and the chair on social experiment in mexico being a digital nomad and living off of monero as a global opportunist the benefits of acquiring residency in crypto-friendly countries, the intricacies of owning property, the war on crypto, CBDCs, and much more. Monero Talk starts now. Pavel, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, what's going on outside? I gotta ask because I do hear the I do hear the noise. Is it is it like motorcycles driving by? What is it? It's it's like a general noise of Mexico City because I'm in the uh, one of the most uh, industrial zone district of Mexico City. So this is quite authentic. You have to survive it. <laughs> are you? Yeah, where are you? I mean, I don't really know Mexico City that well. Obviously, we're throwing the conference down, yeah. there, uh, which is awesome. I can tell you, I can tell you exactly. Roma district. And then I've walked from the Roma like into the city center like yeah, Roma know. district is like a typical tourist district I mean the most like a industrial zone which is called Tlalne Pantla the 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 bus awesome. uh I think it's something from Aztec or Maya language I have no idea uh-huh but that's the name of the district it's it's the north it's quite dark by the way and it's noisy I'm sorry yeah no worries man. I so have you been to Mex Mexico City a few times or is this your first time yeah I visited Mexico City many times in the past and I had like maybe seven times or maybe 10 times, I have no idea. Because um, I visited like a most Mexican Mexican state. Uh, last time I visited Michoacan, which is considered to be one of the most dangerous, dangerous Mexican state. 
and I visited a very interesting state there, which is uh, not state, a city, which is called Cheran. I'm not sure if you know what is Cheran, El Cheran. No, I don't think I've it's a very interesting political uh, experiment, I would say, because uh, this is like a city where probably 50,000 people live at the moment. And maybe 14 years ago, they had a lot of problems with narcos and uh, like these narco trafficante. And they had, they, had, they had like a lot of crimes, murders and everything. And 14 years ago, they did really interesting experiment. They fired all politicians and um, who were connected to, to narcos. And also they, um, they fired like a state police and they basically, they started uh, direct democracy. It's, it's tribe of Pura Pecha, which is like a Mexican, Mexican tribe. And according to the Mexican constitution, basically they can uh, use, they can create and use any political system they want because they are like indigenous people. Mm. And, and uh, when, when they did this uh, like a experiment, political experiment, the number of crimes decreased uh, to almost zero. So it, it, imagine you have Michoacan, which is the most dangerous Mexican state. And inside there is like a peaceful, paradise just called Cheran. So I was so, uh, I was so interested in, in these experiments where I visited this place and did and wait, like, and explain, what, what was the change that they made political? What was the, they, 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 okay. They ban political parties. <laughs> they, uh, they fart all politician. They, uh, they buy, they ban like a typical parliament, uh, democratic election. Right. They have, they switched to direct democracy and and that was all. So, so, so they got rid of all the gangs, is what you're saying. They got rid yeah, of Yeah, basically, basically having politicians in Mexico means having crimes. If you don't have if you don't want to have any crimes, you have to fire all politicians. <laughs> and and it works. It, it works in this situation. So this is like a really big surprise. My this is my last visit of Mexico last year, by the way. Okay. Dude, you are you're 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 my hero, man. You're like a, a, a true a true cypherpunk, uh, running around the world, living the life. And you know you you don't just talk about these things. Like you're you're living um, the essentially the the opt out dream that we talk about. You're doing it kind of in it in the most pure form that it could currently be done in today, which is yeah. Kudos to you, man. Uh, last eight years, basically, I'm like a full time perpetual traveler so i'm traveling or digital nomad uh so i'm traveling full-time and maybe i would say that i'm like a global opportunist <laughs> which basically which uh probably doesn't sound so nice but uh it basically means i'm just uh using benefits of different countries in the world and i decided to decentralize all aspects of my personal and economic life to different countries and in, in such a way that the best and, and cheapest basically so that what 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 i what i did and i'm what I'm, what I'm still doing by the way so what what like what kind of different aspects of life are you getting from different areas like what, give give us some examples okay so maybe uh, i would start with uh, my citizenship i'm originally from slovakia so my citizenship is slovak but i don't have residency in europe because europe union is like a like a tax hell so instead, instead of uh, European Union, I decided to uh, create my permanent residency in Paraguay and Panama. Um, in the following month, I, I'm also asking for the residency in Uruguay. At the same time, um, 
I'm like a big crypto guy, especially Monero. Maybe I would uh, describe my my Monero experiences, but um, I still have to use like a bank account, despite the fact that 90 percent of my transactions are in crypto, also in Monero, like a lot. I have bank accounts in the non-CRS country. CRS is a global regulation, a common reporting standard. So it's uh, so basically in non-CRS country uh, countries, I have more financial privacy. So I have the bank accounts, for example, in Georgia. Uh, I have the global healthcare insurance. So I use some company. I use some company from the U.S. for the global healthcare insurance. At the same time, I use like a global internet data SIM card from from Hong Kong. Uh, and this is just example like uh, of my decentralization. I use the company. I have many companies, but I use companies from for example in the U.S. So from each country, I'm trying to use the best i love it man i love it i'm i'm, I'm get i'm you know I'm, I'm getting there that's the plan and I'm, I'm in transition always getting closer and closer to the ideal which is what you're doing um so like what what percentage would you say of things are are you purchasing with crypto like even like this like the global healthcare insurance did you figure out how to use crypto for purchasing that like how, how far have you gone in, in that regard okay so i would say like majority now because i have the Liberation company, which is called Liberation Travel, mm -hmm. we are basically helping people to opt out of the system, um, helping them to obtain the residences in Paraguay, Panama, Uruguay, and and this company is one hundred percent crypto only. So we don't have any bank accounts, and all lawyers in all these countries, in Panama, Paraguay, Uruguay, Georgia, uh, I mean, most of it's Georgia, not the state of the U.S. Um, Czech Republic, Slovakia, all our people, all our people are paid in crypto and very often in Monero. But Bitcoin, Lightning, or Monero, basically, we don't we don't use any other crypto, uh, cryptocurrency. So at the same time, so Liberation Travel, one of my companies, 100% crypto, no bank, but no bank accounts at all. Uh, we have never had bank accounts. We don't have, we don't want bank bank accounts. And then um, my my background is ethical hacking so i'm like a computer hacker and um i have the it security company and this company is in slovakia and we are doing like a penetration testing uh it security audits and this and and in this company we basically all our employees are are paid in crypto we yeah. have two kinds we have two kinds of employees the conservative employees in our company they're paid they're paid in bitcoins <laughs> and more liberal and more liberal employees are a company and they are paid in monero <laughs> so, so basically in, in oh, our companies you, you can choose if you want to earn your money in in, in bitcoin or monero there's no other option i'm sorry <laughs> i love it man i love it i mean we're, we're you know we're halfway there like all our monero talk stuff like our your sponsors pay us in monero and then all of the you know behind the scenes people that do work for us we pay pretty much all of them in Monero. Um, the conference that we're throwing, obviously we're trying to onboard everybody to Monero, but you know, for practical reasons, not everybody's gonna accept, but we do a pretty good job at least getting them to accept a portion. Of it. Like even like the swag. So you'll see at the conference, we um, for swag item, we custom made the badges, but we made them at, we have hired a local artist who's making the badge out of like clay, out of ceramic and then painting them. Mm -hmm. 
be these nice mm-hmm. little badges. And we, we convinced her to accept the down payment in Monero. You know, she wanted to get paid. She needed all the money beforehand. And we, you know, so we sent her, you know, it was like, like two grand in Monero to this person who's never used Monero before in her life. Yeah. But, you know, we, we explained it to her. We got to talking. And really what put it over the top was her realizing how onerous and annoying it is if we're, if we're not using it. You know, it's like, because we're in the U.S., we have to send her, you know, use some other service. There's this other one that we were looking at using that connects the bank accounts. But we had to, like, wait, like, three days to even, like, get onboarded to it. And, like, they wanted KYC, like, up the ass. Like, they wanted, like, pictures of you holding your passport type stuff. And I'm just telling her, I'm like, just download this wallet. I'm like, she's like, well, what else? I'm like, that's all you got to do. And just send me the address and I'm going to send it. And you're going to have the money instantly. And I was like, and if you don't want, you know, when we come see you, if you don't want the Monero, I'll give you cash. You know, I, I'll, I'll pay you back out in cash. But just for purposes of sending you the money now. And like, so it already turned her on to it. You know, she's like, I could already, you know, in talking to her, hear, hear that the wheels are turning because it just, it actually is just more useful. We we talk about the privacy like it's a uh, a thing that we need for, you know, uh, ridding the world of tyranny. But digital cash just functions so much more elegantly than the current system that we have. It's perfectly fluid and there's no no friction in between. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I should also mention, for example, that in uh, Liberation Travel, we we are mono-friendly. For example, every year we organize, uh, we have special Monroe Day promotion. Uh, for example, last week uh, there was Monroe Day, like a ninth uh, year anniversary of Monroe. So we so, so because of this Monroe Day, uh, we last last week we, we offered twenty percent discounts for all uh, for all our residencies for all people who who paid us uh, in Monero. So. Uh, so, for example, for us, Monero Day is like a Black Friday. We we need to add you to the Adoption Alley section of Monerotopia, man. How are we not? How have we not done that? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's we'll do, it, do it. Yeah. Definitely yeah, yeah. add you, and then if you want to, if you let me know if you're. is gonna kill me, but I'm, I'm about to. If, if you want to give a ten minute talk, like a lightning talk, because we really don't have any room. But if you want to do that, that'd be cool. You can inform everybody there. Yeah, Obviously, we're talking yeah. about it now, but you know, it would be good to jump up on stage, kind of give your quick 10-minute pitch on the Yeah, screen. definitely. If there are some like a free slots, I, I, I'll be happy to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, big yeah, part so of what you know, big part of Monero. Talk, we want to highlight the companies that are actually using Monero, that are growing Monero adoption. It's a per- perfect example of you know something that I personally would be interested in hearing about all your services. But, so tell tell us more about the details of what exactly you guys offer. Uh, basically, um, we offer twenty or last week during the Monero Day, we offer twenty percent discount. Uh, when you pay in Mon- when you pay in Monero to all our residencies. So when you want to obtain the residency in uh, Panama, Paraguay, uh, Uruguay, and you pay us with Monero, uh, you will get ten percent discount. That's what we what we did. So so basically, uh, we are basically how to say positively discriminate Monero people because we love Monero and everybody who pays in Monero who pay who pays us. Um, in Monero deserves definitely uh, yeah. like a special discounts. Uh, that's what we did. 
so like what the different residencies you guys are offering are what like like paraguay uruguay and panama these and three panama. okay yeah and so, so somebody somebody pays in monero for well what i i'm just curious what what is what are the different uh ex costs for each and requirements you know you have to go uh, a great great yeah, yeah yeah so so for example uh for example um uh, the original price of this of this like a package like a program package uh was about six thousand mm -hmm. dollars and when you pay us uh, uh with monero you get it like for 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 about five thousand or even less uh, so i get 20 percent discount basically Amazing. and in this package in this package maybe i can i should describe what you have in this package yeah. you basically have the residency card so it means you can live in the given country like as much as you want um so, so now in, in most uh, South American countries, uh, normally you can ask for uh, temporary residency first, and then in two years you have to ask for the permanent residency. We can help you with both. And then, uh, so in this package, you have like a residency permit, you have national ID, which is called Cedula, and you have uh, res uh, you have tax residency, which is really important. So we, we basically register you to the local tax office. This is especially useful for Europeans, for example. Because uh, most Europeans, uh, e even if they don't live in in the European Union and they live somewhere somewhere else, if they are not able to prove they have tax residency or the permanent residency in some other country, they basically the tax office of their home country can still usurp their. They can still like take them uh, to be like tax resident of of the given European country. So this is extremely useful for especially for Europeans, but also many other people and you have so we have a driving license national id uh cedula proof of address which is very important so basically you can if you want to register yourself at some crypto exchange somewhere you can use Paraguay and proof of address and 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 the membership in in our like a crypto program community maybe maybe you should know that we offer this service because we are a crypto only company we offer it to crypto mainly to crypto people so 80 percent or maybe 90 percent of our customers are crypto crypto only people and maybe one one third of them they pay us in monero so so basically we are helping uh crypto people um for example one of the reasons is for example in my home country in slovakia we have like a crazy taxi crypto taxation you have to pay for uh for each crypto transaction if you have any income uh, when you change it, you have to pay up to 25% taxes and also extra 14% healthcare insurance. So basically, for Monero transaction in Slovakia, you have to pay healthcare insurance 14%, which doesn't make sense. Pretty unique in Slovakia. So you, you have to total, pay ca capital gains too, right? Or yeah, it's, it's capital gain. It's capital gain tax. Exactly, it's capital gain tax. So, so, so for example, when you bought Mon Monero for I don't know for one thousand uh, for or one hundred dollars and now you are now you are buying something with Monero which costs like one hundred forty dollars. From this difference, you have to pay healthcare insurance and you have to pay uh, like a in, like capital gain tax and mm -hmm. to, to like together is like almost forty percent. So like crypto legislation in Slovakia is extremely bad and so that's why most people in Slovakia or. Czech Republic or Central Europe appreciate uh, residency, especially tax residency in Paraguay, for example, or Uruguay. Or so. so, yeah. Uh, also, 
US citizens can ask for the uh, these residency, uh, especially Panama is very US friendly uh, from because of historical reasons. Uh, but it, it, it doesn't help you uh, from the taxation point of view, basically. You know, because like a, yeah, you got the long arm of the United States, right? There, there's no, yeah, there's no opting yeah. out of United States taxes I, as a U.S. I state. don't, I don't want to, I don't want to use this like a offensive name for that, but basically, like the U.S. citizens are unfortunately like a tax slaves. Yeah, so basically, yeah. it doesn't matter where you have residency, it doesn't matter where you physically live, you still have an obligation to pay and duty to pay taxes. Yeah, it's, they, they, there's no escape, right? I mean, you have you have to deny your citizenship, right? And then, then... yeah, that's unfortunately the only way. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but and it's quite expensive. It's quite. Do you, quite do you know people who have done that? Do you um, have you worked? Yeah, with I have many friends. Uh, I have many friends. Uh, or many friends. I have I know three people who are ex-Americans, like, and they were stateless people. So when they decided to give up their US citizenship, they became like a stateless people with no citizenship at all. And now they, uh, one of them uh, obtained different citizenship. Uh, another one is like a still stateless person, but it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. But the problem is that if you, if you decide to give up your US citizenship, probably you won't be able to stay in the US majority of your time. So, so, but so, so if, if you plan to stay or live in the US, it's probably a good idea to keep, keep your US citizenship. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but if you want to leave permanently the US, it's probably a good decision from this point of view. So it depends right. what you want. Yeah, no, there's uh, pros and cons, but it's, it's crazy that they have such a stronghold on, on all the tax. So how do you, so I guess, what would your recommendation be, or not your recommendation, but kind of like, what, what's the sales pitch to somebody who's hearing about this as to, to like, why, why, perhaps as an American citizen, even then, would you want to look at having a second? Uh, for, especially for the US citizen, US, it's, it uh, okay, uh, okay, now I'm, I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the tax advantages. I'm going uh, uh I'm going to talk about the other advantages and uh, for most people it can be a really good plan b so so for example in case of pandemic when the country for example in czech republic uh when we had uh the pandemic the czech government permanently closed borders and when you uh when you were like a czech citizen or czech resident it, it wasn't impossible to leave the country so basically we were like a we, we were stuck in jail or in cage. It wasn't possible to leave the country. And uh, the, only, the only exception uh, uh, was the people who had the residency in some other country, like Paraguay, for example. So thanks to your national idea of Paraguay, even during this crazy situation, you could leave. And and there's a, uh, this, this is very helpful for people who just want have like a freedom of movement for example that's that's a big that's a big one like i wasn't even I, I guess i had thought about that at some point but yeah kind of yeah that that's major that's a major ad advantage that, that's worth it right there right i mean if you if you have the if you have the funds and you're a freedom loving yeah. individual uh there's a lot of value there because as as we know the example you're giving uh it's not too far fetched for a scenario like that to, to happen again, given that what we would just went through with COVID, right? 
Austria. Another advantage is that with your cedula, which is national ID of Paraguay, you are basically becoming the uh, resident of Mercosur. I'm not sure if you know what is Mercosur. No. It's like a Schengen in Europe, which means basically when you have this national ID of Paraguay, just with your ID, you can freely visit uh, other Mercosur countries like Argentina, Brazil, and Uruguay. So basically, uh, you can you can freely travel to these countries, to these Mercosur countries, uh, which is also very useful. And at the same time, Paraguay has the lowest taxation in South America. Income tax in Paraguay is 10%. VAT is also 10%. And you basically, and if you have any income out of uh, out of Paraguay, uh, like a foreign income, it's a territorial taxation, which basically means you don't need to pay any taxes from your foreign income. Mm-hmm. But if you are in the U.S., so but if you are in the U.S. citizen citizen, you still have obligation towards the IRS. But I'm I'm just saying that if you live in in Paraguay or you have the tax residence in Paraguay, and you have any foreign foreign income. You have an, you have no obligation to pay uh, to pay any taxes. So it's uh, because in most countries, like European countries, you have worldwide taxation, mm-hmm. which means you need to pay taxes from your worldwide income. But in Paraguay, is like a territorial taxation, so you have an obligation to pay taxes only uh, from the like a job which is physically done in Paraguay. So right. You could you could live, you know, me, Doug Tuman, a U.S. Re- U.S. citizen. I could get residency in Paraguay. Go essentially move down there, uh, continue to do my my make my income from the U.S. Uh, and I won't be paying. I'll obviously be paying my U.S. taxes, but I won't also have to pay local taxes in Paraguay. Yeah. Okay. If if the job is like a physically done in Paraguay, it's called like a Paraguayan sourced income. So mm-hmm. you have an obligation to pay taxes from this Paraguayan sourced income. Uh, but if it is for the job or uh, if it is dividends from your foreign income, I mean, from out of Paraguay, uh, like a, from abroad, basically, you you don't need to pay any taxes and even you don't need to declare it. Mm-hmm. So you have you have just duty to declare all your income from the physical job, uh, which is done physically in, in Paraguay. So 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 it's a very, how to say, tax friendly country. So this is another reason why Paraguay, uh, Paraguay is like an offshore destination from people from Argentina, uh, from people from Chile, from uh, Brazil. So it's like a, it's like a yeah, tax heaven, something like that, <laughs> from all and, these other countries. And then, do do you help people like buy property down there and things like that as well? Yeah. Also, uh, we can connect our customers to some uh, real estate ag- agencies, and these real estate agencies can help the customer to buy some. One of the uh, one of the cool thing about Paraguay is that it's cheap country. It's one of the cheapest countries in South America. So for the same amount of money, you can have really good quality of life. So, um, for example, it's even maybe two times cheaper than Slovakia. Uh, maybe three times cheaper than the U.S., for example. Depends, like a which state, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's very cheap country. And okay, just an example, like uh, for example, it's the country of steaks. If you like a if you like like a good steak, uh, you can buy like a good steak in the restaurant for less than ten dollars. You can imagine something yeah. like that. 
in Slovakia it costs fifty dollars, like a really good steak. So so uh, so like a restaurants or food is amazing in Paraguay. Also services like so so Paraguay offers like a good rate of the quality of services and the price. So so for like a U.S. citizen, it can be like a really cheap country to live. You, know? you spend do you spend a lot of time down there? Just few months because I'm like a traveling all the time. But usually uh, three months. October, November, December, uh, I stay in uh, in Asuncion or in Paraguay. But then the in December, January, I have to leave because it's super hot, like 40 degrees. So so these two months, January and, and December, it's just too hot. Not recommended to stay there. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have to, well, you know, might as well go where where it's best. Um, what uh, what's what's your take on owning property? I mean, so you're you're kind of a, a global citizen. And I'm just curious, given you know your 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 thoughts on the state and uh, obviously cryptocurrency, is, is physical property something that interests you, or do you think it's something that can too easily be confiscated <clears throat> by the state or used to extract value from you? Yeah, very good question. Uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if I can choose between the like a huddle of my Moneros. <laughs> And the, or spend my Moneros or Bitcoin with, and buy some property, I would prefer the first option, like a HODL Monero or Bitcoin, <laughs> instead of spending it. Um, the situation depends where, but the problem is that in most countries, you have to pay like a property tax. And if you don't pay property tax, basically the government will seize uh, your property. So so like a, technically it's not your property because you still need to pay some taxes. Right. Uh, okay, there are some exceptions, like Dubai, for example. In Dubai, there is no like a property tax, so basically, you really own this property. Uh, but one of the problem of uh, of property, like a physical property, especially for example in uh, Europe, Slovakia, Czech Republic, other countries, is that it can define uh, your center of your interest, and according to your center of of your interest, the the tax office can say, hey. You have like a house here or you have an apartment here it'll be your tax residence okay and it doesn't matter yeah, that you yes, don't live yes, in slovakia yes. you have your property here so right. so 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 the thing is when you are like a digital nomad and you don't want to have the tax residency in like a tax house uh like european european countries uh it's better not to own the uh the the, the physical property maybe i will change the opinion in the future or maybe okay if i to be sincere, I'm still open to own the properties uh, like a company. So you can still create like an anonymous company in some Caribbean country, for example. And this Caribbean country can buy the property. Mm -hmm. So it's basically not associated with your like real identity. Mm -hmm. I can imagine buying a properties like a, using this offshore company, basically. But otherwise... That, that could be another, just, another good business for you to offer, right? Maybe. It's just a burden, yeah. So it's like a something that connects you with the government and and taxation and something you you don't want. Yeah, no, good good point, good point. So where do you um you know we'll go back to the details. So I want to hear more about the different services that you offer, right? So you talk about residency, but I want to hear about more about like the consulting and things you offer. Okay, but okay. oh, wait before before that though. Where, where do you, before I forget this other question, like, so where do you see things headed, right? So 
you see it as as this being always being a niche like I, i'm aspiring to it right i see the value in it i want this lifestyle uh you're living it already uh do you see it growing growing like there being a, a movement where a large section of society um basically moves towards this type of lifestyle or do you see it as always being it? oh it's getting loud now hear me yeah i think i think we should definitely expect uh like a significantly increased number of digital nomads in the following years because uh many people are starting to understand that digital nomads uh basically have still a lot of freedom but they don't have like a, a lot of duties so so for example that's for example the one of the main difference between citizenship and residency for example uh, i'm a slovak citizen so uh, i can live without residency in europe as much as i want but because i don't have residency in europe just citizenship i don't have any i don't have any duties in um in european union so so for for me as a european citizen the best combination is have uh, the european passport and and the residence in panama or paraguay basically instead of duties or instead of uh uh instead of duties you basically have privileges and more and more people uh are aware that they can liberate their lives and they can really uh enjoy for example i'm, I'm going to describe my situation for me the one of the reasons why i'm i'm traveling like a full time why i'm digital mom nomad is that staying at, at one place and paying taxes will be much more expensive for me than traveling full time you know what i mean so so i'm traveling full time and i'm staying in my hotels uh because it's the cheapest solution <laughs> okay so i know i know that it sounds like crazy but maybe you should know that for example in slovakia total taxation is like a 66 percent 66 percent so maybe so it means like a two-thirds of the year in Slovakia, you're working for the government, which is like crazy, you know, like, uh, I don't want to, I, I don't want to do that. I, I prefer like a traveling food dam. Uh, and, and you said the United States, we're, we're tax slaves. Jesus, man, you're, you're beyond. Like, yeah, yeah. But the cool thing about Slovakia is that uh, when you move out of Slovakia, uh, you stop being like a tax resident. Mm -hmm. But you like a u.s citizen you are still tax resident right yeah, there's, there's no escaping the the tax slavery mess but uh, yeah this is like but okay so but like a regarding numbers okay that's crazy yeah. i didn't know it was that high wow uh, uh, yeah but i guess it's like a total taxation including like consumption of vat taxes everything you can imagine but mm -hmm. you live also like in new york city which is probably the one of the biggest tax hell <laughs> so oh, yeah. yeah um so so i think the trend is growing uh, i think the more and more people uh especially now because thanks to cryptocurrencies like monero mm -hmm. basically um you can you can opt out of the system you don't need to use bank accounts for example uh, you don't need to be like a victim of these kyc processes and everything so so that's all, all, also cool and i can i can tell you like a, maybe five years ago five years ago i couldn't imagine to have like a crypto only company not having uh because liberation travel we are not like a, we are not like a crypto company we are like a how to say residency company or opt-out company but five years ago i couldn't imagine like a big crypto only company with no bank account now 
in these days i can imagine completely and uh and it's possible so so just usability of cryptocurrencies including monoids like a uh is uh it's it's better and it's improving all the time you know like uh do you do you think crypto will destroy the state apparatus how how far do you think it goes how far and and you know give give us talk about that too and when do you think we get there i know these these are difficult questions i'm how are you thinking about these things what do you see as being you know the end game uh, let's say even you know, 10, 20 years from now, like what's the new equilibrium we, we reach in terms of uh, people and the state? To be sincere, uh, when I'm just uh, watching what, what is just happening, for example, in the US, there is like an open war uh, on crypto in the US and also in the European Union. Um, one of the reasons is that the US and the EU central banks, they, they want to introduce like a CBDC, uh, central banks, uh, digital currencies, and any decentralized crypto they perceive as a threat so so basically if people if people stay using like a cryptocurrency like monero or bitcoin uh never ever uh, they the people will start using cbdc uh which is enforced and controlled by the government so basically uh, so basically i perceive cryptocurrencies to be existential threat for the for the government and enforcing cbdc is probably the only way how the government uh well, especially in the us and the eu can survive because if everybody in the future if everybody uh will switch to uh, to crypto and uh, and 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 when people stop using like a government money like a usd or or euro uh and the government uh governments will lose control over transaction of millions of people mm -hmm. i think that this can also mean the the end of the, of the government we know mm -hmm. and i think this won't happen and maybe i should describe you like a more skeptical scenario and more skeptical scenario is that uh crypto never or won't be like a make like a mainstream mainstream uh thing in five years or ten years it maybe uh, if I if I can compare it to someone, it'll be like a drug culture, you know. Right. So like a drugs were completely prohibited in seventies years, but still quite a lot of like millions of people are still using drugs. You know what I mean? Despite the fact it's completely illegal. Mm -hmm. And I think that something similar may happen with the crypto and uh, Bitcoin and Monero. So it'll be like drugs. It'll be it'll be like a illegal. But still, like a million people unofficially will use it all the time. So, so basically, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm expecting the similar fate of crypto users like a drug users. Well, okay. I'm, 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 I, I, I'm, it's so it's it's a good analogy. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so that's so sad though. That's depressing. So, so, so what I was, was telling you like a, well, still me, a lot of people around around us. Still, a lot of people around us take some drugs, but it's illegal, you know. And this will happen with the crypto too. So, like, like the governments will make it illegal, and everybody officially will use like a CBDC. But still, a lot of people around us will use crypto. Now, but but the but the crypto, but when you say no, I I, I could see that with Monero, right? Um, but you think that that applies to crypto in general, like Ethereum and Bitcoin, and or I mean, because it 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 seems like 
crypto is pretty sticky and it's something people have fun with and you know you got dogecoin like you don't see you see those things um retreating too as well because it seems like it's just becoming part of mainstream culture in general crypto maybe maybe this depends how much control the governments will have over the other cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. from this point of view monero is of course the most dangerous you know so sure. maybe maybe when we, when we focus on monero maybe we say it will be like this alternative drug culture you know like a yeah. new drug culture uh so regarding bitcoin i'm not sure if bitcoin or ethereum survive uh they will be highly regulated uh they even now they're highly regulated like a kyc and all these types of regulation yeah. and it's even worse so uh, analysis industry is is tremendous right it's yeah yeah like like a, for example uh i i still believe okay this is probably the, one of the quite bad decisions because i sold when i this is like a something i should say i should tell you uh when I revealed for the first time Monero, I sold all my 100 bitcoins for together $10,000 <laughs> because because I'm like a, I'm a technical guy, and for me, like privacy always should be like the the inevitable part of cryptocurrency. I believe that the companies like a change analysis shouldn't exist. They shouldn't have business. If they exist, we don't have like a like a uh good private currencies and this is like a problem so i think i believe that in, in ideal world like a company like a change analysis shouldn't exist and if you use monero probably they, they wouldn't exist or they will not exist so. you you are you are my monero brother man i i i, <laughs> I, I yeah sometimes yeah sometimes i'm monero maximalist <laughs> if i'm maximalist i'm like a monero now i really believe that the privacy should be innovative part of crypto mm -hmm. and because for me using crypto the the main re the main reason why I started to use crypto is privacy and freedom exactly if we if you don't have privacy if you don't have freedom it doesn't make sense to use cryptocurrency for me for example so it should be like a really inevitable part of of crypto um, of cryptocurrencies so this, we'll this is why your your eye kept telling me is like you got to talk to Pavel man you got to talk <laughs> <laughs> um yes, so where do you where do you then see bitcoin i mean do you see it as becoming a essentially a surveillance coin i mean it already it currently is do you see it as being able to fight against that and then there's kind of two bitcoins there's the you know the the see the white bitcoin where everybody can see and it's traceable and then there's like dark bitcoin yeah like like for example there is even some improvements of bitcoin regarding privacy you have a coin joint for example recently bitcoin Trezor hardware wallet uh, uh implemented coin joint so you, you can do like a you can achieve quite good privacy just using bitcoins at the same time you have bitcoin lightning uh also bitcoin lightning provides you some kind of uh, privacy it's definitely more private than using on-chain transaction for example so I think that even like a privacy of Bitcoin is improving uh so for example I don't understand that some uh central crypto exchanges or like a crypto cards for example they support Bitcoin Lightning which is also like quite anonymous and they they don't support Monero you know like uh, for me it's strange but uh 
Yeah, and and this is also strange that uh, like a centralized crypto or more centralized crypto exchanges they stopped uh, supporting Monero, which is like a big shame. Yeah, I'm just tweeting out right now. Sorry for getting distracted for a second. I just want to tweet out to the audience, anybody's out there, the Monerotopia. So you're going to be at Monerotopia, right? I mean, you're already in Mexico City. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. That that's one of the reasons why I came here. I can't wait to hang out with you in person, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Cool, definitely. Let's meet. I'll be. Ba- I'm going to uh, to do hiking to the Mexican mountains, but I'll be back. Okay. If I survive, I, I, I hope so. But I, I want to climb to the highest uh, Mexican peaks, like uh, five thousand meters. Awesome, man. We'll see. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, we we um we're gonna have coffee at the conference from Gratuitous. We get we have some of our coffee comes from Mexico, comes from uh, Oaxaca. And I have a question to you. Uh, I also will have a presentation in Prague for Monorocon. Okay. Are you, pl- are you planning to come to Monorocon to Prague? Yes, definitely, man. I always wanted to go to, uh, I, I can't pronounce, Parnelli Polis? How do you pronounce it? Parnelli Polis. Parnelli Polis. Parnelli yeah, I'm one of the fo- co-founder of this Parley Police. I, I know we we got there's yeah, so much so, I want to talk to you about, man. I mean, you're you're gonna have to be on the show multiple times. I hope you don't mind, but um, yeah, no, I want obviously MoneroCon. I, I need to. I love MoneroCon to begin with, but the fact that it's there, it's kind of like uh, a dream come true because I, I that's been on my my cypherpunk buckets to go to an event over there. Um, so it's very cool that it will be MoneroCon there. But I, I'll get to check it out. Yeah. One of the reasons why I love all these modern conferences is that it's really it's really full of enthusiasm. Um, because I, I uh, attended uh, Mon- with you, right? I attended modern conference in Lisbon last year, and it was like a small conference, but I really enjoyed it. And all these people they were full of enthusiasm, and it was like a first Bitcoin conferences like a ten years ago, uh, and now I visited the biggest bitcoin conferences and it's like a just too mainstream too commercial you know so so i'm still enjoying these monarch conferences more than um bitcoin yeah i mean they've they've kind of lost their their charm and i mean do you think that's just uh you know is that just growing pains i don't i don't know how long monero can uh you know stay base as well right i mean or is it just by its very nature i guess we we always will right we think well we'll have an easier time maintaining that that cypherpunk culture i think in Monero, right yeah uh, i think uh, okay so i what i believe is that uh even if monero uh doesn't or doesn't become like a like a the, the mainstream it will be still i think it becomes mainstream in the case of like a dark market for example <laughs> yeah so uh so it'll be it'll be like a standard of this cypherpunk culture or alternative culture so i still be so i'm more than sure that mono will survive i have no doubt do you see it becoming uh useful beyond digital cash purposes and you know because becomes like you know uh, another store of value like a, a digital gold for its security you know like an offshore bank a way for people to hold like we like we were joking around before right like you said You'd rather hold Monero than own property, right? Because at the end of the day, perhaps one of the most purest assets you can hold on to, right? Because, because of its privacy too, right? Nobody knows how much you have and they don't know whether or not you actually have it. Do you view it in those terms as well? Yeah, personally, I think that 
uh, Bitcoin has already uh, already won the race uh, when we are talking about the store of value. So uh, I don't think that something will replace Bitcoin. It's basically like a officially in a cryptocurrency in, in the whole crypto community. Bitcoin is accepted like a like a store of value. But I still believe that uh, Monero is is and can be uh, the best digital cash for sure. Anonymous digital cash we need to use daily. I use Monero daily. So, I, so yeah. For example, uh, maybe I should mention that I really uh, I really like the project Monero Cake. You know, you use Monero Cake. Cake, yeah. Uh, Cake wallet, yeah. They have they 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 did like a nice integration uh, which is called. Uh, Cake pay, mm -hmm. if you know. So, so basically, you can buy like a anonymous Visa and debit cards using Monero and some vouchers and everything, and it's super cool. And I think that we definitely need more such projects just to uh, for Monero to become uh, digital cash. Definitely. So, so personally, I perceive Monero like a digital cash, and um, still, and, and in case of Monero, uh, in case of Bitcoin, Monero is like a, a Bitcoin store of value. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I agree. Yeah, obviously, digital cash, but I ultimately see that tying into being a store of value, just like the conversations we're having here. I mean, ultimately, um, I feel like somebody that finds their way into Monero for digital cash purposes also ends up seeing the value in holding the cash, right? Um, yeah. As I, you know, just pure network effect is more people have yeah. a larger demand for it, and given its fixed, you know, emission. It's going to, uh, you know, supply simple supply demand, right? And it'll go up. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I should mention. I'm not sure if this is like a good or bad for Monero, but many of my friends they used to say that uh, Monero is their their favorite stablecoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I th I think that comes from its base utility potentially partially. I mean, I guess practically it's mostly because it's just it's not as available on the exchanges, so it's not as easy to ape into it or to click the sell button, right? Because it's not on these centralized exchanges. So people who do get it, it takes a little bit more work to obtain and it, there's a, it's a little bit more difficult to, to liquidate. And I think because of that, uh, it, it kind of gains some stability. Uh, maybe I should... Uh, okay, I predict bright future for Monero in the situation that uh, the government uh, finds some way how to control or how to spy the, the uh, yeah, efficiently most cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So I think that in this situation, maybe millions of people or million of, millions of crypto users uh, will start to search for, for like a privacy ever alternative like Monero. So maybe the uh, the gold the gold age of Monero is still in the future ahead of us. So we'll see. But uh, I think that that the price of Monero uh, can still increase significantly when people were 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 if people have incentive to to buy it just because of the circumstances or something may happen like this global surveillance of Bitcoin or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I still believe that uh, price of uh, Monero can go uh, up significantly when something something like this, some kind of dystopia scenario happens.
Yeah, I mean, and we've we've already seen these scenarios play out, right? I mean, I think the uh, the Canadian trucker thing was a big eye opener for a lot of people who said, "Wait a minute, that's supposed to be the use case for Bitcoin, right? It's uh, censorship resistant, unconfiscatable money." And here you have the government now blacklisting addresses people are intending on using it in a censorship resistant way. Um, so I think I think these dystopian scenarios are right around the corner. I think a big one will be, you know, we've I, I think it's funny that people say Bitcoin is like perfectly unconfiscatable when it's literally the most confiscated asset compared to any, you know, there's never been larger confiscation of private property than what the government has achieved with Bitcoin, right? Yeah. The amount of billions and billions of dollars uh, worth of Bitcoin have been confiscated from people, taken away. Uh, You've never seen that with any other asset. Um, So it's actually the most confiscatable asset we've had. Now, whether or not Bitcoin somehow solves that, uh, it yeah. seems like it's moving, you know, it's in it moves in the opposite direction. And if anything, if the state, I'm just waiting for the noise to pass, it gives the state a, a tool for more perfectly confiscating value from people, allowing them to perfectly tax and, and, and obtain those taxes at will. Yeah, definitely. Um, and one thing, what is necessary to mention is that Bitcoin can be split to like a to, to different branches you can have like a kyc government approved bitcoin and then you have like a you can have tainted bitcoin you have you can and this is like a problem that bitcoin doesn't have fungibility uh so in the future when this happens and and like it can happen because you have like a transparent bitcoin history so so you can, it's it's quite easily to say these like a like a good these are like a good bitcoin uh, so when this happens uh, maybe maybe people start to look for cryptocurrencies with a fungibility property like Monero um, because I believe that fungibility should be really, like really inevitable part uh, part of currencies uh, when you basically cannot say easily like this what good Monero this Monero so yeah. So, so, so I, I believe that in the future it will be time of uh, it will be high time of fungibility. So people will will look for something else just because this will be like a, a quite important uh, criteria for decide. For sure, man. For sure. Have you you mentioned it kind of in passing before? But have you been following the regulation and? In Europe specifically, I think there was just some new news coming down about um, what was it called the MICA legislation. It's called it's called like a MICA, yeah, and it's really bad. It's really bad. It's like a super. Can you tell, can you tell us over, about that? following it? Yeah, um, basically, okay. Uh, I, I didn't study it properly, but it basically means that like all centralized uh, exchanges or providers, they need to they need to make full KYC, uh, I'm not sure if there are even any limits uh, if it is not from zero. For example, now in Slovakia, you have to do, uh, when you when you have ATM machine, like a business, for example, you have to, to make KYC from zero. So it basically means uh, it doesn't make sense to do this Bitcoin or crypto ATM business in, in, in Europe. And many of my friends, they uh, moved uh, out there uh, ATM, like a crypto ATM, Panama, Uruguay, or Paraguay. So basically, 
this uh, MICA uh, crypto legislation introduced a lot of really unnecessary, stupid bureaucracy, and uh, which basically, uh, okay, so they expect that will that this uh, stable environment uh, will attract crypto companies, but uh, it will happen completely opposite. Like in most crypto companies, they, they will just leave. Maybe I can I can tell you one crypto company which is quite popular popular and they left European uh, Euro, European markets and it's uh, Xapo. I'm not sure if you know Xapo. Xapo crypto card. Xapo crypto card. Yes, the the card that you can use to. Yeah. So 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 for example, they completely left the European market. They don't they don't offer their services the crypto cards to European customers. Then I have <laughs> another friend who moved out who moved out completely you know, from the European Union, from Slovakia and Czech Republic, and they and they uh, took their Bitcoin ATM machine to South America. So, yeah, uh, I don't I don't know details. I'm not sure if these details are really known, like technical details, mm. but uh, basically it will kill crypto. There is no no. Good yeah, I, I don't know the details either. Maybe we got to do a you know, we'll do a show on it. Maybe get somebody who's an expert to come talk about. But yeah, I thought one of the potential ramifications is going to be unhosted wallets, right? So people that uh, are holding, you know, have a, an iPhone wallet, something like a cake wallet, uh, you know, even those providers are going to be forced to basically KYC AML their users, right? So not, we're not even talking about centralized exchange. Yeah, as, yeah, as I know, the only, uh, in Mica, the only exception are uh, like a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, crypto exchanges. In this situation, there is no need of KYC. But if you use like any centralized solution, where it's where it's possible to enforce this regulation, uh, okay. everybody has to to make this KYC. Well, there is, I, there is I like an exception. I know the European Union though was talking about maybe so maybe it's not part of Mica right but they're talking about this potentially too right like wanting to KYC yeah. and even non-custodial yeah, yeah. providers yeah 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 but I think uh, this legislation will will apply only to uh, only to companies mm -hmm. uh, that uh, which which have like a private keys of the customer but not the the uh, final users. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. As as I know, the the, the, okay. the, the, the current state should be, uh, like all these regulations that are enforced to uh, to crypto companies or crypto providers that handle keys, private keys of crypto users, but uh, not to the to the end users uh, who have like a who are using like a hardware wallets like a Bitcoin Trezor mm -hmm. or Ledger or something like that. So what do you, what do you think the likely likelihood? I mean, are they just slowly boiling frogs and it's going to get worse and worse? Do you think they eventually then ban Monero, for example, in Europe? It's already happened in Dubai, by the way, like a few months I, ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah. they profit, they they ban um, Monero, and um, what is quite interesting about Europe or, or the US, they are they are not trying to ban it explicitly. They are trying to regulate it so much that it won't be feasible uh, to fulfill all these stupid regulations. So people stop using Monero or people will stop using cryptocurrencies because it will be so bureaucratical and too complicated to use. So so they they won't do that like a in this visible way. But I think they just they're just uh, passing uh, the crypto legislation. To uh, de to decrease incentive of people 
to use cryptocurrency. That's what is happening. Right, they're killing uh, it with regulation. They're killing it, but they're killing it, but not like a like a totalitarian country, you know, like a directly like let's bomb Monero, for example. Right. But they are doing that in a indirect way, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, 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 you, so is, the people is is part of that because you know in Europe, I mean, they they have strong pro privacy. Uh, laws right supposedly right like these uh, okay protect people's prying and protect their data so is that potentially part of the issue here is like for them to turn around and ban a technology that provides what they ultimately pretend to stand for uh i guess might be a hard thing to maybe do politically yeah uh this is like a good point maybe you should know that all these pro privacy regulation like a gdpr yeah. in europe you know the the most famous is gdpr uh in all all these regulations, they have a lot of exceptions for the government, uh, for especially for the government. So, for example, uh, like a, like a government offices, they have a lot of exceptions, uh, GDR, and and also, uh, of course, that would be, for example, CBDC. You know, CBDC basically means complete surveillance of all transactions of all people by central banks but of, and, and, and we, we can say like this is like a completely surveillance uh, uh, project but there will be like exception pr you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it will be like a we have like a strong privacy laws except of except of cbdc you know so so that's one of these exceptions so we have a strong privacy law but there's a lot of exceptions and cbdc will be one of these exceptions and also for example tax laws you know like a uh like a tax office collects a lot of information about all all citizens about all tax residents and of course they don't delete this information after one year or two years like a many private companies they have to you know or something like that. so they have also like a special exception so i think what will happen is that we will have like a completely surveillance dystopia society uh, which will be like an exception of this GDPR uh, mm. privacy regulation, and it's already happening. So, 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 so uh, when the the gov- I'm going to explain it uh, explain it very easily. When the government does surveillance, it's not it's not a part of privacy uh, regulation. They have exceptions. Right, because you know they uh, they're concerned about money laundering and terrorism. So exactly, they, they have exactly. A blanket you know ability to whatever they need to do deem necessary to prevent money laundering yeah but but if i can summarize it i think the situation like a a legal situation will be worse in the in the future especially in the us and especially in the in the eu just because all these countries they want like a in a really better in a one or two years enforce cbdc Maybe you know in the U.S. there is like a project which is called Fed Now. Yeah. Like a, I, uh, Fed is launching launching uh, in July this year, like a Fed Now. Yes. Uh, uh, many people they used to say uh, they say that it should be like a the beginning of CBDC, complete surveillance of right. transaction in the U.S. So um, this project, this government project, uh, okay, okay. So Fed is not the government organization; it's a private organization. But it's like a government organization. Uh, so so. These government organ uh, pr- like a project, um, CBDC project will survive only when the most of popul- population uh, don't use or won't use 
cryptocurrencies, decentralized. Uh, so that's the reason why they just need to kill that. It's quite easy. Yeah, they need to push people into FedNow or whatever your CBDC yeah. is. Um, they need to move them away from crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's and it's especially in the US, uh, it's like an open war now on, mm -hmm. on crypto. So you can you can see it like uh, they're just they're just killing crypto, you know, like it's it's exciting times though man and you know uh it just i don't know about you but it just motivates me more right i mean look at us over here you know monerotopia yeah, anyway the mad anyway, on a conference yeah like crypto users in the, as i told you in the worst case will be like a new drug users you know what i mean <laughs> they, they can't stop so, they can't they can't, so they can't. I mean, they know it can't. They can't be. It can't be stopped. But they can slow things down and try to wield power, power over it as as it slowly grows. Um, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, like I, I did say. I mean, there is that one factor where it is really motivating more those that are on the side of crypto to fight back. And it's different than you know any other recent movement in that it's it's bootstrapped and funded. You know, and it's it's goes with its own uh, game theory in terms of how it how it uh, working with the current system. Motivation. Yeah, yeah. There's motivations for people to participate it in it that may you know that are part of the current that are already benefiting from the current system. They're getting pulled into it. Maybe I should mention that situation in the U.S. is maybe a, a bit better compared to the European. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that still in the U.S. there are some politicians or some senators uh, who officially publicly support cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So you, you still have like a crypto-friendly politician in the U.S. Yes. In the European, as I know, we don't have any crypto-friendly politician. Really? Or any, yeah, or, or crypto lobby. You know? yep, the pirate so, party, right? Isn't there the pirate party? I mean, that's uh, <laughs> I, I, that's uh, like private uh, pirate party in, in Czech Republic or Europe is like a communist communistic party. You don't want to be. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, yeah. okay. Know. So yeah, so 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 in uh, European politician, there is no strong uh, or no strong. There is no pro crypto movement like a political crypto movement because crypto users they don't they don't care about poly, uh, politics you know hmm. so I so this is like a problem you, you think that will there, change will that change i'm not sure so there is no political opposition so 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 basically it means that cbdc of course it will be it will be approved and it will be enforced and it will be used because like and nobody cares about crypto in uh at, at this political level in the eu you know so i'm really skeptical about the european uh and at least in the u.s you have some how to say competition you know anti-crypto pro-crypto people yeah pavel we've been talking for uh almost an hour and 10 minutes which has been this has been awesome man uh loving this i know we met at in lisbon but i don't think we, we didn't really like talk like deeply right you I mean, were okay so you were at monarchon in lisbon yeah 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 Maybe we met. There was there were only a few people. It, it was like a small yeah. conference. Yeah, so, I was hanging out with URI a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I even uh, I was even emceeing part of the conference in the beginning, the first day. Yeah, man, we definitely okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it now. 
you had these Monroe glasses, yeah? Yeah. Uh, well, and, you know, and you know, you know that you gave these Monroe glasses to me personally. Oh, I did. <laughs> it was me. It was me. Yeah. So okay. now, now the the big mystery is finally solved. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm the owner of your Monroe glasses, by the oh, way. I love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we, were, we were having amazing conversation and I, uh, I knew you're the Parnelli Polis guy. I was like, bro, please. Yeah, so uh, this is definitely the, 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 the best uh, end of, of this conversation. Well, it's <laughs> on you, man. I got another, I got another Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I completely forgot uh, these glasses in Europe, so I don't have... Oh, yeah, I, we're, we're going to bring some down to Mexico City because everybody loves them. And I'll, I'll, we'll probably sell some. It's funny. People yeah. become a cult classic. Um, and, I really, and I really enjoy this Monero uh, merch, um, merchandise. It's great. So I'm like a, completely dressed by Monero. I have like a Monero socks. I have Monero <laughs> t-shirts. I have Monero sweater. I have Monero like a bag. I have like a Monero glasses. So. We, we have... A, we have a whole marketplace built into the conference where they're going to be accepting Monero. So you're going to, you're going to love it, man. You're going to. Yeah. Great. Great. I will definitely buy some, um, some, some product. Are you, are you down to jump into the spaces? You got, you got some time. We'll see if anybody has any questions. Okay. I'm going to check it. Wait a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we close out this part, just tell me, and then we'll just move over there. So don't move over there yet. Pavel. Can you hear me? I thought it's probably no. I don't see any questions or. Can no, you, no, no. Can we'll, you yeah. we'll we'll go in there. We'll jump into the spaces. But before we do that, just tell me. Let's let's end this interview. Just tell tell people where they can learn more about you, um, business that your businesses that you run, your websites. Let's get the all that information out there now. So. Yeah, great, great. I'm already uh, joined to this uh, to this Monroe talk. Uh, space. So I'm going, I'm going to write some information there, and yeah. Well, it. say it here though. Say it here. Tell people. Um, okay. So, so my personal website. I have my personal website. It's quite easy to remember. Mm -hmm. It's called um, opportunist.global. So that's my personal website, and uh, my company website uh, that helps you uh, that helps you to liberate or to opt out of the system it's called liberation.travel so okay. also quite easy to remember so liberation.travel and uh opportunist.global it's my website and at this website you can find more information maybe you should check i wrote a quite comprehensive article which is called global opportunist handbook handbook uh where you can find more information about about flag theory. I'm not sure if you know flag theory. It basically means it's a theory or it's in my situation's practice, uh, which describes how how you can uh, decentralize different aspects of your life in countries. So uh, I wrote this uh, Global Opportunist Handbook. Um, one important information regarding Monero, uh, if you decide to create any offshore company, uh, when you stay crypto only, so for example, when you use Monero or Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin only, uh, the the number of your possibilities or number of countries where you can create uh, your uh, offshore company will increase because the, the now the legal problem is not to start or to create a new company in some jurisdiction, 
the problem is open the bank account mm -hmm. for the given company. So if you decide to do offshore business with no bank account, uh, you have much more possibilities to do this business. And I strongly recommend you to uh, stay crypto only, stay more only. And then you can, for example, okay, typical example is Panama. It's quite easy to open the bank, uh, quite easy to uh, create company in Panama, but it's almost impossible to open the bank account in Panama for the Panamanian. Uh, Panamanian. So almost impossible. Uh, so when you create the Panamanian company and you stay crypto only, you can still do the business and you can still still don't pay any taxes from your foreign income out of Panama, mm. which is pretty good, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. So what I want to tell you is that uh, crypto can significantly help you factory uh, when you when you decide to uh, stay out of the bank accounts, because then you have much more possibilities. But of course, you have to persuade people, your customers, uh, your employees to accept crypto. But when you are able to do that, you will have much more free, uh, much more financial freedom. No banks can stop or freeze your from. And there's 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 no greater way to help strengthen Monero than to do just that, right? I mean, unless yeah. you're, you're a coder and you're building it, but if you're just somebody who wants to see it succeed and you want to use it as a tool, the best way to help it grow is to use it as a tool every day and then to essentially make it your your way of life and then those that depend on you also end up using it so it's just a the best way for us to achieve the end goal as well right definitely awesome man thank you thank you so much for for doing this thank you for joining us on this week's episode we release new episodes every week you can find and subscribe to our show on youtube odyssey itunes spotify stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts Go to MoneroTalk.live to subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.